here's how I know that I'm evolving as a person. When I was a kid, if there was like a dark basement or a dark room, if I got home, something like that, I would try to battle my fear by talking to the potential killer in the room. So I would say something in a dark room like, is there a killer in here? If there is, can, can you kill me now before I have to take that test? I don't want to take it. Whereas now if I come home like a, a late night, anything like that, uh, I'll do the same thing. It's not really out of fear. It's just kind of, I want to make sure, even though I know there's no one in the room. Uh, but instead it goes more like this. Hey, is there a killer in here? Then obviously I don't hear anything because of course there's no killer in my apartment. But instead this time my response is chicken shit. So welcome back to Classroom Brew. Uh, before we get started, I've actually got uh, my girlfriend, Katie's cousin, Kimmy, uh, with me today, so I'm pretty excited about that. So, uh, But please make sure that you actually check out, I've got an Instagram, at Classroom Brew on Instagram. There's a Facebook page, so facebook.com slash pages slash Classroom Brew. Obviously, we're on iTunes if you're listening to this in the podcast app or in iTunes, Google Play, and then also I have a YouTube channel with a little bit of previews, uh, so that way there's absolutely no way you can't listen to this podcast. So make sure you rate and review, spread the word if possible, and then of course, subscribe and enjoy. So Kimmy, welcome. <laughs> I know we were kind of talking. That was it, a mouthful. <laughs> it was a lot. I probably forgot something, uh, no doubt. But um, the good thing is we have liquor to kind of help out. Because yep. it does, even though this is my sixth episode, it still is kind of nerve wracking just because it's like, it's a weird thing. Like, how do I do it? But yeah. Yeah. Good so, thing uh, you're with a speech pathologist. We don't really know how to <laughs> stop talking. So lucky for you. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, if you want to kind of describe, I know you said you work with kids with autism, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you kind of want to describe without getting into any specifics on like mm -hmm. students or schools, um, what you do? All right. So basically I work at a, a special ed program and I have about 30 kids on my caseload. And so I see them individually and in groups and they range anywhere from kindergarten to seventh grade. Oh. So it's real interesting. You go from like the lower level kids to our kind of higher functioning kids, which is always fun. Because yeah, then I bet. You get a break in both. <laughs> yeah. So you're well versed in all types of behaviors. and. Oh, yeah. Too well versed, <laughs> I, would, I would think. Yeah. Well, I used to I used to work in a, a psych facility. I don't know if I ever told you this. No. Um, and so there was an education unit in child and adolescent psychiatry. And so there was actually this one girl, really, really sweet. She was on the spectrum. And she actually, like, no more than, like, five or six years old. Uh, I think maybe she was a little bit younger. But she went to use the bathroom. We only had one, and we had to lock it. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard this before. So sorry. But uh, Kimmy hasn't heard it yet. So she goes into the bathroom and it's the co-ed bathroom that we have. And then she comes out. I lock the door up. No problem. Move on with my day. An hour or two later, this one really sweet kid, he needs to use the bathroom. Uh, he takes like two steps in and he goes, hell no, because the little girl had pooped in the urinal because she had never <laughs> seen it before. And it was the cutest thing ever. That's but, amazing. Yeah, she was awesome. So <clears throat> I was kind of, we've had like a recent trend at my school. And there's a, a few of us that are comfortable enough breaking up fights and getting involved in that kind of stuff. 
but working with kids, you know, on the spectrum and in special ed, is there like any like crazy, interesting stories, anything that's ever happened? I'm sure you have a lot, but. Oh, oh boy. Um, fight wise, think, well, not thankfully, I guess they, (laughs) they typically fight us rather than each other. So if they want attention, if they don't want to do their work, it's typically a fight with us. They don't really go after other kids, but um, I have one student that will like look at me and like with that look, you know the look, like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, like don't mess with me. Yeah, and he will, you know, pick up the chair, throw it at you. Um, he told me he was going to eat my family, which I just laughed wow. at because there's just, <laughs> you're not going to eat my family. Yeah, right. Like that's, that's fine. So thankfully they, uh, they don't fight each other, but there are like, you know, when one's like really bad and then they're sitting next to the other really bad kid and they're just like just instigating each other. Yeah. And then like, you know what? Maybe you two can duke it out and just get it all <laughs> out on each right. other. Like, do you feel better now? Like it's out of your system. Yeah, it's out of your system. You're good now. Um, but I think our breaking up of fights is we have to like go to like these trainings. I don't know if that's the same for you of like. Not at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> My only training was what I got when I was back at the hospital. Like, and that's CPI definitely expired by now. But we that's what we do. We yeah. do CPI um, training. Yeah. Which is just like not fun. No, no, it's not. No. Like with an eighth grader or seventh grader, I'm like, okay, yeah. but when you've got a little kindergartner oh. and I'm putting him in the CPI hold, I don't really feel good about that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's gotten better. You used to take them uh, to the ground. Like you would use your knee to like brace them down and they would be in a seated position. But to avoid like suffocating a child or like anything like that like i can't breathe type of stuff now you is it still you stay standing and you like lean them on your leg if you need to or you stay standing and you wrap their arms around them so they can't hit you Um, elbows locked like that yeah with your elbows locked and then sometimes you have to take them to the floor because they're so exhausting but their like legs are spread out and you just don't let them kick you but a problem i found is now they take their head and Oh yeah, they'll, they'll bang against me, you. Yeah. yeah, I had that too. That, and then they'll try to they'll kick your your shins with the back of their foot. But yeah, head banging into the chest that was that's a popular one. Oh yeah, yeah. and then when they're taller and they can get you right in the face, <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's never fun. Well, and you even have the kids that their reaction is like, oh, I'll just drop. But then you have them by the elbows, so like they can't go anywhere. But then suddenly you're carrying all this weight just by their wrists, and you're like, great, now I'm probably gonna hurt this kid. Right. But, Oh, right, or you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, right. And we yeah. have, in our whole program, two male workers. Ooh. So, like, these bigger Pressure's kids. Pressure's on. <laughs> but these bigger kids, you're kind of like, uh. Yeah. You know, you can't carry that weight, and they know it, too. Yeah. They'll look yeah. at you like, yeah, you can't take me on. And I'm like, you're right. No, I cannot take you on right now. <laughs> I don't think I've encountered. I did have one girl, though, that was... Uh, she was like, I don't remember if she was like Amish or whatever, but she was at the hospital and she bull rushed the doors and I was the only person in between her. There were two sets of doors, so she wouldn't have gotten out. We still didn't want her to get out of the first set. And I was like, Oh God, I don't know if she's, she's got a lot of steam coming at me. And she, she came into me and I just like bear hugged her, but she backed me up and we actually hit the door that was behind me and the door just went ping and the, it closed in time. But the door, she was so like 
heavy and had so much speed that she broke the hinge on the secure psych facility door. I was like, oh, Jesus boy. Christ. Yeah, it was not fun. Did you have bruises from that? Uh, not too bad, actually. I think it was just like my elbows because that was the point of contact. But that was the one time I was like, oh. shit, I don't know if I can actually manage this one on my own. <laughs> yeah. Was not or do this all the time. You know, you don't. You're like, hmm. I don't know if that's for me. Yeah, right? Like a career change? Yeah. Right. It, was a, it was a great job, though. I loved it. That was actually like one of my last couple of months when I was there. Because then I moved to the city uh, for grad school. But. And it's rewarding in that way. Like you have those <laughs> moments of like, oh, she just bull rushed me. And then the next day she'll be the sweetest thing. Or yeah, like that's, that's my true. experience. Like one day they'll be throwing a chair at me. And the next day they'll be like, how's your day? And I'm like, yeah. All right, I'll yeah. take this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, one of the one of the kids that I've only had two or three students blow up at me so far, but I have the closest relationship with them now. Like they'll be like, "Oh, you're a bitch," and then like the next, like just last week, I got called a bitch by some kid because I was setting limits. And then when I was walking out like two hours ago from school, he was like, "All right, have a good one," and I was like, "All right, thanks. You too, man. Have a good weekend." Like, yeah. What the hell? I mean, I too have found like my most aggressive kids are the kids that I feel like I'm closest to. Maybe I don't know why that is though. That I my guess is because you're still there after they pull that shit, and they're just like, "Wow, he's still that's there." True. Yeah, or she. Right? They didn't yell at me. They're just there. Like, okay, that's it. Move yeah. on. Be yeah. done. Have you ever had? So we've had some kids that they're past the point of trying to work with them. And they've been transferred out to other, like, facilities. Have you had that? Ones that come to us or ones that we go outwards to? Uh, ones that you send out. Um, you know, I've worked at this school. This is my second year, and I did my student teaching actually there. And I have not, we have not sent anybody out. But I have gone to a couple meetings where we've talked about it. Like, it's been mm-hmm. a discussion but um, with our district is basically the kids that, you know, come from public school, they go to a special ed classroom mm-hmm. and the kids that can't do it in the special ed classroom come to us. So gotcha. we're already kind of the the last resort before going to like a therapeutic right, kind like of environment. Yeah. Okay. So we really try to... <laughs> To not do that, you know, the parents come and they're upset and then, you know, there's always like with our teams, one of us is like, they need to go. But the other one is like, but they do this and this and, you know, one day they're, yeah. and I hate to say that I am that person that's like, oh, but they're doing this and this because you hate to see it. But there are, I mean, there are kids in our program that I believe would, are not benefiting at all Mm. that should or have behaviors and should be at more of a like behavioral program. Yeah. But it mean it takes a lot of paperwork. It takes a lot of documenting. It well, takes... and it's it's hard to like finally give up and well not give up, but like say like what I'm providing or what my school's providing, it's not enough and it, it sucks. Right. I mean, I can't one of the teachers I work with, she is like that and one of her students, he really is a lot. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how when are you gonna just say like i need help or this isn't working she's like i can do it i'm like okay it's october though but (laughs) (laughs) that's oh my god it is oh my god it's almost november now right that's crazy right have you already had that that you've Uh, had to send kids out 
I've I've like had because I have like honors classes, regular classes, and then co-taught classes, and okay. so I have a few kids that were in honors that I was like, it's clearly not working. They're refusing to do the work. One of them, I've had to break up fights that he was instigating. And so I was like, you probably should be in my, in my co-taught class that way. Cause I'm the only teacher for one of the subjects I teach, but that way, cause I still want to work with the kid, but being in an honor setting, it's just not working, but they moved him into instructional. So I felt kind of bad because it's like, I'm not trying to dump him off on someone because he doesn't need to be an instructional. It's just behavioral stuff, not academic, but he's going to be thrown in there because that's where they put the kids that they don't want. Right. So, And that's a, yeah, where you're like, because when you switch like that, then it's like, I'm dumping them on somebody else. Yeah. Which And that's sucks. hard. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Because somebody gets the raw end of that deal. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they add the behavior to their own classroom at least. Yeah. Well, and especially because the kids that are instructional, that's unfortunately a lot of the kids that are in gangs, a lot of the kids that have had some sort of a a felony charge, like juvenile charges. So it's like, great, now I'm adding to that environment. It's just, it's not good. Right. And adding a kid who might not be as influenced to be influenced by those other kids. That's a a tough call. Yeah, it sucks. Does that come from you? Like when you say they need to be out of the honors program, does that come from you and then the higher-ups decide what room they should be in? Yeah, I mean, typically, well, in this case, there was also different um, like 504 IEP type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why did this even happen at the beginning of the year? Like who didn't check on this? Um, typically, though, they do take my word on it because I don't do it often. I've done it twice total to say this student needs to move to a different period to get out of a classroom with these groups of people or you know level of the class because i don't like to do it i can always work with a kid but it's hard sometimes so it just depends um yeah and you don't want to do it too much so that when you actually have a kid that really needs to go right that you're like whether stop listening to what you yeah exactly think yeah like crying wolf but yeah right which and it's not like there's there's not that big a difference because even my honors kids are below reading level so below reading level it's like 50 50 like half are actually at reading level the rest are because i have sophomores juniors and seniors my average reading level for my regular classes is like third grade (laughs) yeah do i and do they have ieps do they have no some do most of them have 504 plans but they just have somehow gone through the system at this low level. And that's, and granted, it's, I don't, I'm not 100% sure how they're texting their lex, testing their lexiles. They can still do some things above a third grade level, but they're not able to, like, taking it a step further, looking beyond the text. That's where they struggle. So we're building those skills. So, like, that comprehension yeah, stuff. Like, wow. they just forget it in and out the ear or looking for, like, evidence to support a claim. And they'll be, they'll just point to a sentence that has like nothing to do, like a transition sentence. And it's just like, wow, where do I begin? Is it, and I'm just social studies. I'm not like, I have some literacy training, but I'm not, you know, a reading teacher or anything like that. But And I'm sure when you took a high school job, you didn't think that <laughs> yeah. you would have to third grade. Yeah. Have to do a reading program. Wow. That's tough. I don't know how you get to that point. It's kind of sad, honestly. Autism spectrum, though, do you have, like, kids that... You set a, a range of levels, though. So you probably have your brilliant kids, and then they've got behaviors, and then you... Well, they're all brilliant in their own way. Well, right. I mean, you know, working in this 
type of environment, you need to find something, something about them that you love, something about them that makes them them, and something about them that makes you laugh because that just makes your job easier and fun with them. Mm -hmm. But um, because districts have to pay us, they to take their kids um, because it's technically still public education. They keep those really high verbal kids. So um, I have a lot of nonverbal students who have like AAC devices or like picture communication books. Mm-hmm. And then like my oldest class, they're pretty verbal and they're pretty fun, but they're still probably. Mm, three to four grades below Mm. academically and language wise where they're supposed to be. But, you know, sometimes you can't tell like just talking to them because they've just, they watch a lot of YouTube. They watch a lot of TV. (laughs) You know, they listen to their, (laughs) they listen to their mom and dad. So they like come up with these sentences that make sense and the vocabulary is high, but it's just, they don't know what it means. They're just kind of repeating. So, They're all pretty, you know, low to medium Mm. wise. Um, But sometimes you can't even tell when they're talking. It's more like in the testing part where you're like, wow. Like there's these gaps where they're just not not understanding a lot of in like the social area of things. Has it ever turned to like like a kind of a funny way? Like they said something and they don't even realize that it means something entirely different. Or... Oh, all the time. Oh, all the time. They'll like script something that their mom said, like in a completely like unrelated context that doesn't make sense. Like I'll have a kid that'll be like, getting lucky, getting lucky. And I'm like, I don't think you know what that means. Like a seven-year-old. Right. Or like they'll look at something like, wow, those balls are huge. And I'm like, oh, Taken out of context, like that. Yeah, that that doesn't. That. No, that doesn't sound good. But they, oh, all the time. It's completely like inappropriate, or um, you know, like some of the boys are learning it. You know, they're going through that stage of life where they want to have a girlfriend or talk to girls, and a girl will wave to them, and they'll come to me and be like, <laughs> "I have a girlfriend," and I'm like. I think she just waved <laughs> she to just you. Waved <laughs> she just waved to you. But it's like cute that they want to have like those relationships. But yeah, I'm like, that's true. It's hard to be like teaching them in a non-creepy <laughs> way how we can go about doing this. <laughs> Dealing with those. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's mostly like inap- inappropriate things that they've that they've heard on TV or that they've watched that you just kind of, that I just laugh at like, Oh boy, no, yeah. don't say that to anybody else. Have you ever had it when you're like, cause you have to stay in teacher mode. Have you ever had it when you're just like, I need to like turn around. Cause this is just so ridiculous. Have you had those? Oh my, I have one kid that will just say the word fuck. Can I say that on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's, it's an explicit podcast. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> and he'll go like, he'll be rubbing his hands on the desk. He'll go, fuck fuck <laughs> fuck and he'll go louder and louder and louder and you try to ignore it but you're like oh at a certain gosh. point yeah yeah and then another kid where you know you say good morning and he turned around and said suck my balls and i was like jesus <laughs> oh my God. so i'm like oh okay and then the next morning same kid good morning fuck you okay and, but you like have to like keep that straight face of no you can't say that but right. sometimes like 
you know, I had to do a whole lesson on why it's not okay to fart on your friends. And that was, <laughs> that was really tough That's, oh my God. <laughs> to keep it together. Yeah. For. Right. For like 25 minutes or whatever it might be. Yeah. It oh was 30 God. minutes of why it's not okay to fart on your friends. <laughs> How does that start? How did <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's totally the title of this episode. <laughs> it's not okay to fart on your friends. It's, and sometimes, you know, you have this lesson planned and you pull these kids for speech and then they'll just do something and you're like, we need to address that because it's not appropriate. Sometimes it's like your goals don't matter anymore because this is a life <laughs> skill we need to talk about. So I pulled these two kids together. It's just funny thinking not farting on people is a life skill. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, and I love them dearly. They're very verbal. Um and he just like lifted his butt up, scooted over, and farted on the other kid. Mid lesson. <laughs> Mid lesson. And I was like, What are you doing? And he was like, I farted. And I said, I know you farted. That's a parent, yeah. I know you <laughs> farted, but why did you fart on him? And it just turned into this whole thing of like why we shouldn't fart on friends. It became like a list of things we can't do to our friends about the farting. And it was just, and I had to do that lesson at least three times with the same two groups of boys. But it's just, you know, keeping the straight face, but also like, no, you should know you can't fart on your friends. Like, you know, you know, we can't watch, oh, like Harambe videos oh yeah what that's still a thing that's, that's still like, a thing that's like still four years ago r.i.p harambe oh he says it all the time one of my oh my god and it's just you know you just your life and your lessons just take you to farting on your friends and <laughs> wanting to watch videos of harambe for your reward <laughs> for doing good work and i'm just <laughs> interesting and i'm interesting like rewards. this is my life now yeah well, yep. I, I had a special ed professor, like the foundation of special ed and diversity in the classroom transitions. I had him for all three. And he had to do an entire day, everything, all day, every subject. And he had to do sex ed. Unfortunately, his school at the time, because he, he was like teaching in like the 60s. So like starting special ed, essentially. And uh, <laughs> he had to do this lesson on when they were getting to sex ed. He just said, all right, everyone list every dirty word you know for <laughs> like reproductive organs and they went for the entire class i'm not even going to say i'm on here we're explicit on this podcast but <laughs> i don't want to go in there but he was just they just got them all out and he said it was he just embraced it and he just laughed when he would hear it because it, he heard some stuff he'd never heard before and some things that you're like how old are you how do you know this because they can navigate the internet better than we can <laughs> that's true that's true <sighs> and as i'm telling these stories just more are coming in my head but sex ed you know that is that's a no, it's difficult, especially, you know, those relationship parts. And that's a good idea, though. But I kind of don't want to know. Yeah, I don't, don't want to know. know what they know. <laughs> I'd rather play ignorant on that one, too. <laughs> that's probably wise. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I'm going to do it, I think. I feel like you're a wealth of. Oh, gosh. You're going to have to be on this podcast so many times now. <laughs> so many. So um, many. I'll segue to this one because we're kind of talking about sex ed. So I was. I co-taught a classroom with a teacher, and uh, he was fantastic. And we only had six kids. And you're like, how hard will it be to manage six kids? So we went on a field trip, and uh, we went to a water park. And 
We come back to the room. Now, um, autism is more prevalent in boys than girls. So my class was five boys, one girl. The teacher had to go do something. Um, so it was me and the aide. And all of a sudden, this boy pulls his pants down. Oh, and I'm like, get in the hallway. You know, get in the hallway now. Like, go now. Go in the hallway. So I sent the aide out there. And I said, well, you just go sit with him. Get in the hallway. That's not okay. I turn around, and all of the boys have their pants on. And the girl <laughs> is in the middle oh, of the room screaming her oh, head off. The, the poor, poor girl, girl just yeah. screaming. And I'm like, oh, now it's just me. And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> How do get I manage in here, please. this situation? Help. So I'm like, all right, you come tell the girl, get over here. And I just like put her in my arms so she stops seeing. I'm like, oh, have you Aww. pulled your pants up? No. <laughs> And did you ever think you'd say that line? No, in your <laughs> no, I never, no, I never thought I would just pull your pants up. But I find <laughs> now that I say it more often than not, yeah, right. pull, pull your pants up or get your hands out of your pants or that is common. That is common. I'm like, no, it's not that interesting. Pull your, put your hands up, get your hands <laughs> out of your pants. And they're just, oh my gosh, boys are like the funnest group to work with. <laughs> But sometimes I'm like, I wish we had more men in this field because yeah, they can talk to be... you better than I can about this. <laughs> but that was one of the days where it felt like a whirlwind for 20 oh, yeah. minutes. Like, you're in the hallway. You're trying to pull your pants up. This girl is screaming over here. And I'm like, oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is not good. Oh, my God. Makes her a great story, though. Yes. In hindsight, after like hindsight, a few years, maybe a yeah, few decades. <laughs> yeah, maybe in a little bit when I feel good about it. But <laughs> they just, oh my gosh, they're, I mean, you have to laugh because if you don't mm. laugh about it, then you'll be a miserable person. Yeah, exactly. But they are just, they're just funny. They're all just funny, like all of them in their own weird ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny when you can like see something that you used to do, like when you were a student. So like we have an issue with students like cutting and I'm, I'm always like, oh my God, guys, just be in school. But then I think back to elementary school, there was this thing where I think it was fourth or fifth grade. I don't remember. And if you were part of this club, I don't even remember. I don't remember the name of the club, but if you were part of this club, you could help like the first, second and third graders who got out a little bit earlier cross the street. Wasn't a part of the club. I just pretended that I was and I would help them cross the street. I would just keep going though to go home and not come back to school because I didn't want to be in science class or something. And it got to the point where like mom was like, oh, another early release? It's like the fourth one this week. So then it got to the point where I would just walk around the block, you know, for like an hour or so or go to the park or something by myself. (laughs) Anything to avoid that science class. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But so I, I see these kids cutting or like they're late and I'm like, what do you, oh, wait. I used to do that, too. Yeah. So I get it. Like, do you still call the parents, though? And, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to get... I think our goal is, like, 90, 92% attendance on the year. We're at, like, 85, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, it's constantly calling if they're absent more than two days, calling home to see what's up. If they're tardy, calling home, being like, hey, make sure you work on this. But there's even a girl that she has her, like, second period class across the hall from mine she has mine third period so it's right after she's still 10 minutes late so like one time I, when i realized this like last week i was like you're right here just just come here now like don't go to your locker just come here now and she's like okay 
then the next day she's late again. So it doesn't matter. So you either have to stand outside your door or she's going to be late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, do your parents respond to that? Like, mm, It depends. See, we the sad thing is we're about to take a dark turn. Some of our kids are homeless because they've been kicked out or they don't have a good situation to go to. Um, sometimes parents, though, like I was on the phone with one not too long ago, uh, and I could tell it was like a Bluetooth thing in the car. And I was talking about, you know, her son. You know, you start with the good, of course, because there always is always. something. Then you move into something to work on. And uh, we get done and stuff like that. And I was like, so if you can, next time you talk to uh, your son, can you just let him know? Uh, I'm here for him. I got his back. She goes, oh, no, he's here in the car. And you could tell he was definitely in, like, the back seat of, like, a third row <laughs> thing. Because you just hear, hey, how's it going, mister? Insert last name right there. Oh, like, okay. It's a good thing I started with the good, right? But, right, right. Um, but yeah, there's some parents that like they're on their kids or like you could even just say like, I don't know, this might be a call home to mom. But like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll do my work. So it, it just depends. But yeah. that little threat sometimes works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm assuming if you're working with kids on the spectrum, you have to be in constant communication about especially the good yeah. stuff, too, because they probably have to hear that. Always the good stuff. You always try when they do something really good to call home because that's just um, that's just great. Nope. I mean. In any type of environment, no parent just wants to hear about the bad stuff their kid's doing, of course. Um, but yeah, you know, they all of them have an IEP every year. We have parent-teacher mm-hmm. conferences, but I would I want to see the majority of our parents don't um, don't answer the phone uh, calls. That's kind of especially for kids that they clearly ooh just whacked my microphone. They clearly need that extra support or yeah. I mean, most of our parents are like good. I want to say mm-hmm. most of my uh, most of our parents are very good, and you know, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, I'm there for eight hours a day, and I see your kid for only so much time, right? And so I can't even like begin to imagine if the, that you dealt with that constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are always, most of them are always like receptive, but getting a hold of them is hard because. You know, they work odd hours or like at night or multiple jobs. Right, right. Because that's just the area I work that the parents have to do that. And so getting a hold of them is hard. But at least at least once a year they come in. They come in. I have not had a meeting where a parent didn't come yet. That's good. So I'm thankful for that. Because if you're coming to the meeting, that means you you care. Or you know You made time that time. Right. Right. Yeah, I had a I had a professor that uh, when I was in grad school, and she has a son that is nonverbal on the autism spectrum, and she was a teacher, and she was a professor, and she was the mother to a child on the spectrum. So, first off, wealth of information as far as someone you want to learn from, but I can't imagine like how exhausted she must have been. And I'm pretty sure she also was like taking care of like older family members. So she just, she just had everything, the entire book of oh responsibility, just. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't imagine. I really can't. I mean, we had parent teacher conferences and um, we have a mom and she is like, she is fantastic. Um, And uh, she, both of her kids are on the spectrum and her kid is, you know, nonverbal and he is lower. Cute as a button though. And he had been sick for two weeks. She had to take both of her kids, you know, to the doctor, she's all over the place, and I'm sitting outside with her, waiting to, for her to go in and talk to the teacher. And she looked at me, and I just said, 
when's the last time you had a drink? Because I know like if I like if I was you, I would have had several. And she was like, Oh, I'm going away this weekend. I'm done. And I'm like, Yeah, I would yeah, too. That's that's wise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's intense. Oh man, just so like would you get a babysitter in that case? Like how would that um, would she have like a she, husband in um, the picture? Or? Yeah, she had yes, okay. yes. Um her husband was was home with them and um because she actually stays at home. So she mm. stays at home with the kids and she's like I'm out. I'm out. I can't say that I blame you. Yeah, I don't blame you. She'd be like, see you in a week. Yeah, bye. Pack (laughs) up and go. Do not blame her at all. No. No. So wait, do you get like free periods throughout the day then? Or are you like 24-7, go, 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 go with kids? Um, This year, my schedule is pretty packed. Mm -hmm. Um, I have like um, probably about probably a half an hour right when I get in before I start seeing kids and um, like the last 20 minutes of the day when the kids are getting on the bus until I can go home mm-hmm. is time for myself. But because, you know, we're a special ed program, we get kids constantly. So even right. if my schedule, like my schedule started in um, August and um it's already from that point to now grown by four students. So that's just, you know, you start out with some gaps, but you right. you you fill those up relatively quickly. Yeah, which is I, my day goes by really fast because <laughs> well, that's an optimistic way to look at it. It it does. I mean, I feel um, happy to be a speech pathologist and not, um, you know. A special ed teacher, I give him all the credit in the world because if one kid's having a bad day, I see him for 15 minutes and I'm gone. They're in the classroom with him for the next seven hours. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I could not, like, I, I don't, I don't think I could do it. And that's just, well, it's a, you have, you have a different type of stress. Like you have the constants element, but they have the, all those kids constantly. Right. Right. But yeah. Right. So it's a very like different kind of difficulty. Mm-hmm. But on the days where the kids are really cute, I'm like, oh, I could stay in your room all day. But the day where they're like really behavioral, I'm like, all right, that 15 minutes is good. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But it goes by fast because each of them, because um, they can't really tolerate more than 15 minutes of really intense sure. speech. So it's just 15 minute increments all day. So like every 15 minutes is someone different. Mm-hmm. Which is nice because again, yeah. it goes by really fast. Yeah, I bet that'd be such crazy transit. So, like, how many kids do you see in a day typically? Um, probably about. I have um like a speech group once a day, and those are a half hour. Okay. And I want to say that um typically probably about fifteen, fifteen, and I yeah. 15 i would say okay yeah that's pretty healthy though yeah i was just thinking like when you so like with fluctuating rosters like i've got hundreds of kids that i see but i such a small school everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. um so i was just curious because like we constantly we just added like 15 kids last week to the entire school roster but we lost like five or six so it's just hard to keep track. So I wasn't sure. But. Yeah. It, sometimes that is, it's hard because, you know, they have their specials and their gym time and their, um, you know, some of them do get mainstreamed to gen ed programs. 
Right. Well, that's the goal, though, right? Right. And that's great. But like trying to schedule them with teachers and they're Mm. like, they can't miss math. And I'm like, okay, they can't miss math. So I only have like this little gap to fit like all of those kids. So I mean, thankfully, not like in your case, they come in and out. You do the scheduling, though, for your stuff, though? Like Mm -hmm. when the, oh, oh, no, no, I could not. I do the scheduling. Oh, it's a stressful two days. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because right when you think you get it figured out, like one teacher, like I have four classrooms, one teacher will be like, you'll have to move this one kid and it'll cause the whole thing is now in chaos. Yeah, I bet. And like that one kid, I have to move this kid. And oh boy, it is. <laughs> scheduling is the worst part, the worst yeah. part. Or like you'll schedule and then they'll be like, oh, we're going to mainstream so-and-so. And I'm like, great, that's awesome. And then it's like right yeah, in their speech the time. time. Oh. like, all right, <laughs> I got to find somewhere else for them to go. Um, but yeah, but thankfully, the schools we work with were housed in gen ed school. So they don't like leave for mainstreaming. So I sure. can go with them to mainstreaming. And like, that's kind of cool. And yeah. But no, I wish someone would just hand me like, this is your schedule. <laughs> and see that. Well, remember how we were talking about how moving kids in and out of classes? That's another reason why uh, his first name's Tom. I hate doing that to him because I know he's uh, a gym teacher and he does the scheduling. And I know it's a really intricate process, especially because there's only two of us in my department. So it's like there's very oh, limited no. options. So that, Tom, if you ever listen to this, thank you for all you do to switch people around. I know it sucks. <laughs> and I know my email is saying, thank you so much. Don't count. I'm going to have to get him something. Something to be like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like something small, like Dunkin' Donuts. I feel like every teacher loves Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. yeah, something Or like a gift card to like, what's a good like teacher gift card? I feel like I would be good with Amazon. That would be good. Amazon is always a good teacher gift card. That's what I got my teachers last year was Amazon. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like Starbucks, Dunkin', Amazon. Things that keep you awake and then. Right? <laughs> right? Oh man, I don't know. Binnie's. Oh yes, Binnie's oh, a good one for classroom brew. Binnie's is a good one. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. That's great. Well, I think. Well, out of curiosity, would you ever want to come back to do classroom? Brew oh again? yeah, I would. This okay. is fun. I have like so many stories, and they just keep <laughs> growing and growing. So I know, I'm excited. I bet you people that are listening are like, "What? No, let her keep going. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to save it for another episode." Yeah, you can cut it. I'll have to write. <laughs> I'll like write them down now as I go, and I'll be like, "All right, Ryan, I've got." They know your name, right? Yeah. Do they know? <laughs> okay. All right, Ryan, I've yeah. got this. Now. Yes, they know for Okay, yeah, I've got it now. Um, yeah. because they are like, it's never there is never ever a dull day where I'm like, I That's don't true. Know that's true. So I will happily come back. <laughs> well, good. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. great. And then Katie will probably be on at some point again, too. So maybe we could do like a multiple people. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah, that'd be a good time. Yeah. All right. Well, but thank you for yeah, being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it was. And then hopefully see you soon for another episode. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. So right now it's just me. Uh, but thank you to Kimmy for being on. Uh, this is episode six. Uh, that was actually, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm hoping to have her on pretty soon because it's always good when you have someone that has just as many weird and funny stories uh, as you do, uh, working with kids of all different types of needs and abilities and all that good stuff. So that should be fun. I really just had, uh, you know, one more thing because I was kind of searching through uh, my school 
because some of you guys know that have been listening to this podcast, uh, I have a very big school building, but a very small, you know, like student ratio of kids to the building. So a lot of empty rooms, a whole floor that you could say is pretty much uh, vacant. And so occasionally if I need something for my room, like a globe or uh, I needed a new desk chair, I think I talked about that a few weeks ago, I'll just go searching on the fourth floor. And so I'll just call this my my latest fourth floor adventure. And so I always wanted to get into like archery. I always thought that was kind of cool because I saw the show Arrow. Uh, I haven't seen that show in a long time because it got so bad. But I was like, I want to get into archery. And I was searching and I found an archery room. It's just this big classroom that has nothing in it except for a bunch of targets and a bunch of compound, like those like high-tech bows that you see in like the Olympics and they're like color-coded for like what the draw weight is. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, who do I talk to about like getting a lesson in here and figuring out how to do this for myself so I can start, you know, shooting some bows and arrows in between, you know, my, my preps or something like that. That would be awesome. So, uh, that was honestly, it, it's not even like a, I'm picturing like, I was very careful to make sure I closed and locked that door. I don't want some kid to be like, oh, look what I found. So I wanted to avoid that. But, oh my God. No, this can't be real. I just found the funniest fucking article. <laughs> oh my God. So this is at SIU Carbondale. This is education related, right? But it says students have to be counseled the ones living in a dorm, because apparently there's a serial pooper at Abbott Hall in the laundry room. That means this person's literally pooping right into the washer or the dryer. Who does that? How do you even squat like that? Dung in the dorms, according to the Daily Egyptian. Stop doing... Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, people are messed up. A serial pooper. I am so glad I never had to deal with that at any point when I was living in the dorm in my undergrad. I moved to an apartment after that. Never had a serial pooper. Serial pooper? Pooper. Thank God. Good luck, SIU kids. I hope you solve that problem real soon. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this episode up here. Um, So... Thank you for listening. This was episode six of Classroom Brew. It's definitely going to be called something related to farting. Um, that's still my favorite uh, story that we've had on here, I think. Um, but please make sure that you subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word, tell people, other teachers, anything like that. You can check us out on Facebook. There is a Facebook page for Classroom Brew. Recently made an Instagram account at Classroom Brew on Instagram. I've got some preview videos of, you know, like little bits of episodes on YouTube if you want to check those out. Uh, And then, of course, iTunes and the podcast app, as well as Google Play. Those are the two two big ones, iTunes and Google. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.